This week on the Pushball Lace Podcast, we have Mr. Gordon Greenhorn, bodybuilder, powerlifter, trainer, but we're more interested into the creative videographer. So we learn all about Instagram, YouTube, and setting your videos up to look pretty sweet. Two, one. We've got our first guest of the year, Daniel. Hey guys, welcome to the Push Poor Legs podcast with myself, Damik. And me, Tom Hall. What's going on, bud? I'm all good. I'm all good. I'm very pleased to introduce our first ever guest of 2021. <laughs> <laughs> Goes by initials GG. Hello. Won't, won't accept he's got a receding hairline. Or you shave it off. It's not receding hairline. It's going the <laughs> other direction. Is that it's... technically receding? I don't know. Uh, I think it's kind of receding a bit. You, could you call it like poping or something like that? Or is that a bit yeah, controversial? Just, it's just leaving you, mate. It's just it's just escaping. It's Whatever leaving. it's doing, <laughs> escaping. I mean, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. We've got Gordon Greenhorn. Gordon Greenhorn has joined us. Yes. Hello. Thanks for having me on. I, I can't believe I'm the first one of the year. I mean, aren't we basically in March? What have you two been doing? Basically, we, we had a hiatus and got bored of guests for quite a while, to be honest. And it's um, taken you so... this long to ask me to come on. This is outrageous. I mean, I should, <laughs> should be my fifth time minimum. <laughs> we, to be fair, yeah, we have, we, we're just having a, a lot of guests on lately. And then I think the person we've had on most, bless his little heart, is little Josh uh, London Muscle Man. Josh mm. Silverman. Uh, I think, I think it's because we've moved slightly away from just talking about fitness stuff all the time that it feels a bit mm. like the guests were usually all fitness and suppose it was well, like, oh, all right, what today is going to be come on. Are you saying that I am not the sexiest fitness man you've ever had in this podcast? I mean, um, I mean, I wouldn't use those words, but uh, sexiest creative, maybe is probably accurate. Sexiest Scottish, be. Scottish one. Definitely. Uh, no, 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 definitely not. <laughs> definitely not, actually. I mean, no, yeah, it's male, like male Scott, maybe. Yeah, yeah. we'll give you that. <laughs> Couple of perverts here. <laughs> but you look very crispy, mate. That webcam's uh, quite, an, quite an improvement on a normal If anybody wants to go over to a YouTube channel, then uh, GG is looking incredible. This is, this is the, I mean, fortunately, I get to work with GG on a, I mean, at the moment, we'll be seeing each other at least four times a week. Jesus. And, uh, yeah, he gets to oh. film me. I look I look that good, if not better, than on the, the, he's on the screen now. I think so. But we've only, really done, <laughs> we've, we've only really done things that are kind of quite formal, haven't we? It's never yeah, I know. There's not, never been that chilled out. <laughs> it's like, here's the camera, talk to the camera, say the words. <laughs> say the words. And then sometimes... Does Tom, does... Does Tom need an auto cue? Everyone, everyone, regardless of how good they think, should have an auto cue. Yeah, everyone. Yeah. Tom definitely needs one though. Like I need even one. so, even um, Luke from the Muscle Mentors. I was like, I had to convince him. I was like, just please write a script, and then we'll put it. In, <laughs> we'll put it into a teleprompter, and then you can. He's like, but I want it to be natural. I want it to be natural. And I was like, yeah, it'll be natural. It'll be fine. We managed to bang out four videos in the space of about two hours, I think. And uh, the last time they tried to film that, they had to condense like three hours or something worth of footage into like a 10 minute little video thing. And I was like, that's why we teleprompt because people waffle. People do waffle. You're like right. Johnson, like Luke Johnson, he'll do 12 minute video <laughs> that's teleprompted. It'll be 27. <laughs> 
it was slick though because we 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 did it all prompted for the level twos and level threes and we managed to smash that out in a month that's a lot of content oh god we're just like yeah we did like 12 videos a day didn't we yeah something like that it was insane and just me scripting and just gone I think most of them one takes, and then I'd, I'd find a word that I can't pronounce, basically, and Gigi would shuffle over and go, this is how you say it. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my light's gone off. Oh, that's Elbow. Oh, Elbow. That's a... Elbow. 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 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then it would say something in Scottish, and I'm, oh, I was like, I didn't know what that meant either, so it's one. Uh, what, what was it? It was something of the endocrine system. Something, yeah. Nor- norepinephrine, I think it was. I mean, I don't even know what that is. An epinephrine. <laughs> I was like, does it move? Is it a joint? No. All right. Okay. <laughs> is it a tendon? No. Don't need to know that, do I? This is all part of the moving body. Um, anyway, we're going to talk about a little bit. We're going to go not quite so fitness and nutrition. Shock. Um, because Gordon is, I'm guessing, a lot more nowadays is pushing himself towards the creative videography, that kind of thing. And that's, I think, to be honest, I know him more as that than like Gordon Greenhorn, Captain Trainer, because this is the exposure I've had to him. Um, yeah. But we were at a uh, 3DMJ conference way back when, and I do remember Gordon Greenhorn being there and asking a question to Brad Loomis um, way back when. So, oh, wow. I know, that was a long time ago. But um, I guess it's a case of anybody doesn't know you, brief background, you got a minute. I know you can talk. I reckon so just, just before that, my first ever, um, when I first ever saw Gordon was at Alan Aragon's first ever UK conference that I think Luke uh, wow. put on. And he <laughs> called out a guy there called Luke Hazlitt for, for prescribing like 10 grams of vitamin C a day or something daft. <laughs> uh, and, and he basically asked it of Alan Aragon, Alan Aragon. Alan Aragon was like, no, that's stupid. Why don't I do that? And he was like, well, some people do it. And then Luke has it called from the back. Oh, it's because he had a cold or something. And then you, Gordon was like, no, it's not. I've seen three of your plans. You all had it on. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's the Gordon that I first knew. Yeah. The troll it's Gordon. He was right. like on Facebook. He used to live on Facebook. Come out of his little, under his little bridge. He used to tap away <laughs> his keyboard. That was Gordon, I remember. I'll, I'll probably I'll start with that one, actually, and I'll go back to my, uh, yeah. where I started. Yeah, the Alan, Alan Aragon conference, um, I think probably most people who have watched this will know of Alan Aragon at some some point in their careers. Um, <clears throat> and anyway, we came over for a conference, and um, prior to that conference, there was a tweet that went out um, from this chap, Luke Haslett, and he put a tweet out and said something about, I don't recommend any supplements that aren't evidence-based. And, you know, I'd kind of, I've kind of built my career on just being kind of annoyed at the industry of these gurus sort of selling absolute nonsense to people and people wasting money. Like it was my 14, 15, 16 year old bodybuilder self who was like spending all money on all manner of supplements. And this guy put out this tweet and I was like, nah, I've seen his plans, like his little ebook PDF things. And he recommends, I think it was eight grams of vitamin C post-workout to, you know, lower cortisol levels. So you're not catabolic and you immediately go into anabolism. And so I just tweeted back just kind of in my weird um, self and said, uh, uh, so why do you recommend vitamin C to your clients post-workout? And being the the slightly um, sensitive industry that we're in, people get a bit upset about that and they go on a bit of a tirade um, directly and indirectly about me for a little while. And I was like, you know what, rather than just doing this on the internet, I know that you're going to be at the Alan Aragon seminar and I'll just ask you. (laughs) 
Sasuke in front of everyone and we won't have this kind of horrible backwards and forwards on the internet. We'll just do it in public and have a conversation and a debate about this vitamin C post-workout. So then um, when at mid-break thing, I went up to Alan and said, do you mind asking a question? I've got a guy in the audience that I want to have a sort of a chat about vitamin C about. And he's like, yeah, sure. Here's the mic. <laughs> <laughs> I just basically like, well, this is a question for Lucasta, blah, blah, blah. And it, you know, that was it really. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah, where do I start? I suppose my, I started as a personal trainer and I started actually as a bodybuilder first. I played football for a little while. Then I got into bodybuilding, natural bodybuilding, competed, uh, came second in a couple of shows. Then the gym that I was working in wanted to feature me in their little magazine thing that they had. And they sort of um, were interested in finding out what I was eating for my diet and what I was doing. This was in a kind of a, I think they were called Living Well or Cannons or something before Nuffield bought them. And um, and then they interviewed me for it. And then the general manager was really interested in my bodybuilding. He was like, oh, can you write me a plan? Like, what kind of things did you do? And we just got talking. And he asked me if I had ever considered personal training. And I had, but at the time I was working, I think as a restaurant manager, I was about 20 and I was just earning some money, just trying to, to, to find out what I wanted to do with myself. And um, I had considered it, but it was the drop in pay. Like back in the day when we were fitness instructors, it was like 11 grand a year, I think was the salary, wasn't it? Nice. And what was that? Like 900 pounds. Oh, sorry. Tom started working in London, didn't he? So his, his minimum yeah. sort of instructor salary was probably I mean, no, 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 no. I, I, grand I, I, a year. I, 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 I worked in uh, professional football before I went oh. and said that we're going to put the uh, train Yeah, up. minimum wage was, was definitely on, on the cars there. <laughs> but yeah, minimum that wage was... That is football, that is minimum wage. I was losing money working in football, basically. Nice, yeah. nice. <laughs> um, so, I, so I offered that, um, and they said they'd pay for my level three, do all my courses and stuff. Um, but I had to work for like minimum wage, and that was obviously hard, because I think my rent was £550 a month, and after tax, I was £900 a month. So it wasn't, it wasn't the smartest move I'd ever made. But ultimately, it did really well, right? I spent two and a half years there, had a great time, became one of the most popular, or certainly the best sales personal trainer in the company of Nuffield at the time, including London, um, delivering loads of sessions, getting invited to board meetings and stuff, which was really cool. And then I thought, right, I think if I want to be something in this industry, I've got to move to London. You know, 50% of personal trainers reside in London. Um, and the opportunity was there, and I went to go and work for a company. Am I allowed to tell you the name of the company? I mean, Dan's been blocked by them, but yeah, sure. Ah, I just know, feel, I've, 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 I joined the club, mate. I think quite a few other people have as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't necessarily have anything publicly uh, derogatory to say about them, but anyway. I'm pretty sure we've, we've, we've gone into it before on this show about them. Ah, we? fine, fine. Yeah, yeah let's um, just call them the, op- the opposite of down. Is yeah. their initials. Uh, <laughs> down, <Not> yes. <laughs> I, I went to go work for a company called Down. <laughs> and, uh, they uh, worked there for 18 months um, easily one of the best decisions I ever made moving to London and working in an environment like that I understand that the some of the discussions and things that they were recommending weren't nearly to my to what I would think were a good idea um, and so transpired that were actually quite bad but ultimately um, I was in an environment where people actually gave a shit like they really cared about their clients they wanted to train them well they cared about personal training they wanted to succeed as personal trainers and that was great coming from somewhere that ultimately I was kind of a big fish in a small pond going into a big pond and being a very small fish and then I left there became a freelancer uh, for a number of years working in gym started working online from about 2012 with clients um, got to a certain point where the online sort of stuff was really good I started a vlog. I started vlogging for 210 days straight, this natural bodybuilding contest prep. That was super successful for me. 
After that, I went traveling with now my, my now wife for 366 days, did 25 countries and pretty much circumnavigated the globe. Uh, lived the laptop entrepreneur lifestyle that everyone says doesn't exist, which is quite fun. Um, came back. Again, and- it can be done. You don't have to stay in Bath. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to leave these up behind. I'm just going to leave the missus, <laughs> yeah. kid. I'm going to leave them. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Take was- Frankie. Take Frankie. Gee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, did that, came back, and um, I kind of like, it's been interesting. This is probably the first time I've actually talked about it. It's like my dirty little secret because I don't really kind of promote it that much on my fitness page. Most people know me as a personal trainer. But as the progression's gone, like I've become better and better at the video stuff, the photo stuff, the creative side of things. And I started to get asked to do stuff. Like I went up to Aberdeen to do stuff for my old boss, who actually is called the fitness guy, Steve Bradley. He uh, wanted me to film some stuff for him. So it started and I got paid for that. And I was like, weird, I'm getting paid to make stuff for other people. Um, then I did a few other bits. And then one came up where Luke Johnson wanted to do something for actually De Novo, which was the the IPF World Championships, so the powerlifting World Championships and sort of cover some sort of documentary sort of thing for YouTube. Um, part of it was my idea, but we did it. Um, that hit like 60 odd, 65,000 views on YouTube, um, did really well for the company, which was great. Uh, and I really enjoyed making that documentary. It was absolutely fantastic. You can go and check it out on their YouTube channel. Um, and then that sort of transpired that Luke wanted me to do more work for them. So then I started filming for the Personal Training Collective, doing all sorts of the education side, coming up with course stuff, just creating video content, photo content for them. And now it's kind of transpired to something that's actually earning earning or generating more revenue than any of my fitness business. So I now have, I work with the muscle mentors that some of you might be acquainted with. I do some of their video, currently doing some of their video content, uh, TM Cycles, uh, Tom Thomas Moore doing his membership website stuff for his members, uh, Joe Brightman as well. So again, sort of social media creative stuff. So um, yeah, I think that's it. Thanks for my, my 10, 11 years in the industry in a nutshell. Yeah, and basically we, what we thought we'd do on this show is, yeah, basically focus on that last year more than anything else. So we've had enough bodybuilders and powerlifters and like, yeah. What oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a seasoned competitive bodybuilder, won a couple of national titles and That's fine. top two. We don't, not, not 15, worried about that, mate. I just, wanna, I just want to know how, not why you're so glistenly wonderful on screen i want to have what what's the what's the, the amazing camera that's doing it basically that's what we're going to find out um that's what we but, know as well it's all about the camera it's not about the person holding it it's, it's just the camera yeah exactly basically it. all i've written into my notes is how much budget have you got what do you what recommend camera do you buying and yeah. that's it <laughs> that's it that's all it is <laughs> yeah easy i mean that is yeah, that is the bit that i get you know i, talk, I actually talked about it today so i was on an, another podcast today funnily enough um you whore I know. Uh, <laughs> what what a day I've had. Yeah. Uh, was this kind of thing with the personal trainers like really sort of grasp on to this thing about the physical and and I get so many messages about like what's the best camera, what's the best this, what's the what's the best microphone, like what's the best webcam, what's the best like tripod, all these things, and it's like Christ Almighty, <laughs> it helps, it really does. And and if I told them like I'm sat surrounded by gear that's are very expensive and definitely things that people shouldn't necessarily invest in. Um, but it is kind of weird how that's, that's always one of the first questions you get, isn't it? It's the thing of what's, what camera should I buy? It's like, well, yeah, we, we had, I remember when we did, we, we, <laughs> me, when me and Mike started the YouTube channel, we had um, people reach out just before we stopped because of COVID and people were like, Oh, 
I think I want to start my own YouTube channel. Like, what camera would you recommend? I'm like, again, what's your message, mate? What are you going to stand for? Because it's pointless. Like, say you've got your iPhone, like, just use that. It doesn't make a difference right now. It's what you're going to talk about. You know, do you know? And, uh, and like, we've had this question before because I've dabbled in it, obviously, with YouTube. I'm sort of 12 months out of practice, but it was something that that i've learned along the way is that actually it's probably better off that you think about your lighting than you worry about the camera for example it's yeah. like you got the best camera in the world but if your lighting is shit yeah. it doesn't make a difference and it's things like that like the difference between a 500 pound camera and a two grand camera is like well it's like are you well lit how goes the sound quality then it might might help make a difference but like you said on that story today it, the amount of PTs who to their clients would say, don't worry about what the best macro split is. Don't worry about the best, you know, that is just, just be there or thereabouts with this sort of thing and focus on being consistent. And yet you tell them to do that with their camera work or their video and like, nah, can't be that. How, how do how do I become a sensation overnight? How do I do it? How do I film well? <laughs> yeah. and, and, and one thing is, it's maybe not quite on the video side of things, but you know, why are, why is someone, someone so, why are people in the industry so, um, in need of being successful so quickly you know if, if, we, if we actually look at this like if we kind of sit down and, and say to ourselves right we have a job or let's say let's just say it we have a job that ultimately means we work 30 40 hours a week at our leisure so when we want to potentially do it you know you can earn fifty thousand pounds a year as a, an online coach with a few few clients not a huge amount but a few like that is an amazing salary and even if you're only doing 10 clients at 200 pounds a month, that's still 24,000 pounds a year. That's as much as the average salary is in the UK. Like what yeah. is wrong with saying I earn two grand a month? Why does it have to be 10? Why I, does think, it have to I, think, be... I think it's because people are online so much that they get absorbed by that world. And it's like, yeah. there's always someone out there who's doing more and doing better. And there's James Smith and there's Diron and there's whatever. And it's like, well, I can be doing that. And it's like, well, yeah, but you don't know what's going on there. And it's that whole comparison thing that, that people fall into the trap of with social media. And look, we're all, we're all guilty of it to a degree. But I remember watching youtube videos and thinking oh, i want to do a youtube channel me and mike like, i want to do a youtube channel our first video was fucking dreadful but you know what it has to be it has to be to get the to make them better and i remember watching peter mckinnon videos being like and casey neistat actually me and you both like casey is like going oh my god like i want to do that and then you realize yeah but casey neistat daily vlogged for about 12 years or something daft and it's like it's probably why <laughs> he, he's he had a that point series he, he was actually a, a, like a uh, producer. Yeah, like an actual in-video, in-TV yeah. shit. And it's like, people don't realise that. They watch it and go, oh, yeah, that's so good. It's like, come on. like you, We watch it now and go, oh, my God, that's amazing. Like, and you try maybe a few little tricks from it. But you know that it is just, it's just hit and record that many times and fucking up that many times. And I had the same conversation with someone today on check-ins. It's like, you've just got to fuck up now to make mistakes and learn from them. Like you can't learn any more stuff. Like stop watching YouTube videos. Stop watching how to do all that. You just got to do it now to practice and make mistakes. And and I think that's like with you with the creative stuff is yeah you you've probably got a a bit of an eye for it so that you make less mistakes and you get there a bit quicker and you learn from them a bit quicker than than some other people. But there's something about PTs and online coaches that it is they want a shortcut to something, but yet they preach every day to no shortcuts. <laughs> it, I find it so funny. I don't know if any of the industries like it or it's just because we're obviously you know in, in invested in it and we're, we're so um we're surrounded by it on a daily basis but i'm sure it happens elsewhere i think it just, might I be i find it so odd i think it might be one it's not it's not real it's not um normal to have an industry or industries that you can you can literally just give it a go and no one dies or no one loses loads of money you know like the fitness mm -hmm. industry is really easy for you to start 
really like super yeah. easy. It's, it's not expensive. That's the thing. It's, no. to, to get going, it's it's not like a big financial outlay, is it? No, and it's also not necessarily time intensive either. And it's the same thing with like creating content or becoming what would be described as a creative. Like you can go to media school and do all those kind of things. But again, taking a picture of someone, you're unlikely to kill them. Yeah. So there's like a little bit of unlikely. Yeah. Not impossible. <laughs> Just highly unlikely. Like <laughs> <laughs> um, I was actually reading a, a funny article about something. It's not very funny because someone died. But this guy was on YouTube, oh. funnily enough, and uh, thought he tried to calculate that this book or something like that would stop a bullet. So he told his girlfriend to shoot him and uh, killed him. Oh. So the whole kind it. of like put a Bible there, and then it's like, oh, yeah, thank God that much. was there. And you're like, yeah. mm, probably yeah, not. Much. Sort of the movie, um, going to work. Yeah, so it's kind of like that sense of things. I think we talked about this before. It was the idea of just picking it up and turning the bloody thing on. You know, and and not worrying too much. And I think I've I spoke about this in, before. It was the idea that people I think focus on that physical aspect, the camera or the lens or the even the lighting to a certain extent, and other aspects of it. It's just because they lack confidence. You know, they're not they're not willing to delve into themselves and go actually here's some shit that I've made, like go nuts on it. Um, and I think that fear stops people turning that camera on and being creative and actually putting themselves out there. It's much easier to hide behind a polished infographic. It's much easier to hide behind a, a nice kind of curated post. Whereas realistically video, you can't really hide the spot that's on my face here or the slightly receding hairline that I'm trying to cover with my headphones. You know, it's just one of those things you've got to accept, I suppose. Mm. Um, yeah, as an industry, I suppose. And that's, and that's also why people, I think, gravitate towards you they even they either then decide whether they like you or don't like you yep is that is that when with infographs you don't you like the information but you don't know who's who, who's there and, and what they stand for and i think that's where with with online coaches anyway in particular i think there's there's very few that do extremely well just through written word there's a couple that we know of but the majority of people who do very very well it's because they're on video and it's because you know them you know more about them than you do some of your friends probably because they put it all out there and I think it's I think it, it's it's funny that like you said people always ask about the best cameras and stuff it's like you're not even using your iPhone yet so yeah. why don't you start using that properly <laughs> you've got that there you know the only the only point that I could argue with that potentially is in my case in a scenario where I I had done a little bit of filming things like I started making little videos for YouTube back in sort of 2007 2008 that I would edit and kind of put out there as workout videos they were trash but and cringe when I look back on them. But they were, you know, that was part of that learning process. But one of the things when I did the vlog in 2016 for 210 days, part of it was actually just buying all the kit as well, to a certain extent. You know, I spent 1200 pounds, I think, on a microphone, a camera and a lens and a tripod. And I was like, this is an investment for me. I, I need to, if I don't use this, then I've just wasted my money. Yeah, true. Yeah, there's the accountability aspect of it, I suppose. So that, that for me it was, but there's also that thing where, yeah, you still had to turn it on and I probably could have used a different camera, but I ultimately watched Casey and I start. I was like, I want to do a vlog like him. This is his camera. This is what he does. And I just turned it on and committed to every single day for 210 days. So there is kind of that type of investment, but I think that was also back when phones weren't necessarily as good as they are now. Um, your access to information like how to edit, what to edit on, that kind of thing is is now more readily available than it's ever been available. Um, so there just isn't really an excuse, is there? <laughs> if I'm honest. 
But yeah, that was the only time I'd argue that ultimately, yeah, sometimes buying the camera and spending the money ultimately motivates you to get your ass in the gear. But then Dan might argue against that because he hasn't used his one for 12 months. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, no, like, yeah, it's it's been an interesting one, actually, because obviously we've we've chatted a couple of times about it. But like we obviously with the, with the YouTube, me and Mike do it together. So it's obviously been difficult. To, to get that done but then there's been times where i've gone oh i could just film a video maybe an igtv and i could edit it and i could do all this sort of stuff but i i find with creative stuff i have to have headspace i have to have time to think about this sort of stuff and think on my feet and that's just the way i i deal with it i feel like my life is pretty boring so even on stories at the moment like i'm like there's nothing going on i'm just sat at my desk fucking all day it's boring no one wants to see me doing that um but that, i'm excited to get back into it now though as things start to develop obviously i'll be going to like dubai and stuff so it'd be pretty cool to film the kind of the trip and all that sort of stuff and um there's elements to that but it's 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 also now i've also got an ability where i feel like if i put out a video of, of below standard that i think i can do i'm like oh it's shit so there's also that element to it as well once you start you're kind of like oh actually i know i can do this a little bit now and i've forgotten a lot and i need to go back and go actually right how do i go over this again how do i do that again um that's but it's, interesting uh, that's interesting it's, it's you say that, that just comes because there's, there's two things that i think i can pick up on that a little bit where um the first one is this that sometimes we can have a negative kind of connotation with the idea of creativeness where you can be like, I don't, I don't have the headspace or I have a boring life, I can't film that. Can, can we turn the, the head on that and say, well, what can, what, how can I make my life interesting? You know, what part of this can I make interesting that people, that even if the people don't want to watch it, I don't care, but it's more interesting to me to film. Maybe it's in a different angle. Maybe it's coming up with a different potential storyline. Maybe it's just going out for a walk and talking and filming you walking around doing things. And I think Casey Neistat in particular was absolutely incredible at doing that, where he, he has a very exciting life a lot of the time, but then equally he'd make videos that were just about him actually failing at making a video because he had a corrupted memory card or whatever else. So, you know, when someone watches this and maybe listens to me, what I'm saying is try and flip on it and say, well, how can I be more interesting? Because we all have that in us. We're all funny or we all do something. And even the thought of you, Dan, sitting there and just be like eating a packet of crisps going, I have, I have nothing to say. <laughs> is actually quite funny and it's a bit entertaining. It's a bit dry, but that's also part of that entertainment. Um, what was the other thing I was going to say? You said something else. You said something about um, not having the creative space. And what was the other thing you talked about? I can't remember. Oh. I literally can't remember. That's unfortunate. I'll, that I'll go further on that point though, because I, I, I totally agree with Gigi. Probably since working with you, mate, is um, noticing, obviously you've got the A-roll and the B-roll stuff and you're like, just that one's not there, but it's not, it's happening, but it's going to catch everything. That's, and he was just like, just there. So we get another view and that's going to be, and then you look at the, the post edit, it's like just literally that shift from one camera to the other camera is just suddenly visually more exciting or something. Because obviously on this, we've only got one webcam. I mean, I'm sure Gigi's got about six kind of set up. So he's like, <laughs> wait a minute, I'm just going <laughs> to Just flips it around. So even like that, because I watch a lot of YouTube stuff. It's a bit, I watch a lot more gaming stuff. But I like the videos where they'll just literally, if they have on their camera, an auto zoom, which zooms in whilst they're speaking. And then you suddenly get really, really close to the webcam. You're like, oh, they're about to say something really fun or come here closer. They kind of, you feel more like, I don't know, into the channel or into the video and just a little bit more engaged. But exactly what you're saying to Dan, it's like the life is boring, but it's, it's not camera tricks or anything. It's just a slight bit of creativeness. So especially the stuff you've been doing down uh, with, with young Joe 
um, for the PTC. Yes. And uh, we're like, we've got to make this exciting as possible because Joe's on camera and bless his little heart. He's, I mean, we, he's our intern. We're doing a lot of stuff and he, he will have a go at anything and hats off to the lad. Like he wants to get involved, all the stuff. And Gigi's like, we're going to do this transition with this camera, flick it around. And we've had a good response ever since we switched over as well. So starting using that not camera trickery, it's the same fucking content. It's just like, all right, we've just gone from that shot to that shot and done a little little jizz over there. It's been lovely. It does it does make a huge difference. Like I, I I found that. I think that was the other thing that got me into it was when I started. So I'm one of these people where like I watch a video and I'm like, right, how do I how do I learn how to do that? And then you YouTube it. Like, you know when people say to you, like, Oh yeah, but how did you learn how to do that? I was like, you know, you know, Google, yeah, there's one called YouTube. <laughs> And you just go on there, type in camera tutorial, something will come up. And then you find other people. <laughs> Same with YouTube. Like with YouTube, all I've done to create a YouTube channel is go on YouTube to search how to create one. Like it's not difficult. You, anyway. you must be the best mentor ever. Someone come <laughs> Dan, yeah. Dan, I've watched yeah. you for years on YouTube. You know, I yeah. really respect you. I think you're so amazing. And, you know, I just I want to learn everything from you. Yeah. fucking youtube it you <laughs> youtube it mate come on youtube but, how to be dynamic but like. it's literally a case of though like we're in a world where like we talked about you don't have to go to media school you just have to have a desire to want to learn to do something and if you want to if you have that desire enough you will go be able to go and do it and i think part of the thing for me is i've i've made a made some excuses i suppose like you know the boring side of things and stuff but it's also a busyness thing like it takes time i think that's the one thing that i really appreciate about video now is when you see all these different angles and these different shots and i'm like he had to pick up his camera eight times to walk from that place to that place and move Correct. it yeah, change yeah, yeah. shot move <laughs> it walk back go back have the bag in the same hand and do all that sort of stuff and that's the thing that when i started doing it i was like it doesn't matter how good you are a videographer that still takes the same amount of time. Even if you do it in one take, there's still all those moves of the camera. Then you go, right, if I get two cameras, then it'll be just as good. And then you start going, hang on, I can do 16 shots now. And <laughs> then you go, you go crazy with it. And then you forget a transition or you do it right. You're like, ah, shit. And I, that's the thing that I, I find with it is that to do videos how, how, how they need to be done, in my opinion, is it, it does take that bit of time. Like you said before we came on air, that one video took you two hours to do the first one took you two hours to do then after that it takes you like 30 minutes per one it's because you need to get yeah. everything right and set up in the right place and that's the thing for me with video is it's it's to do it right now i know how to do it right it's so time consuming you're just like oh my god so just like, to put that in perspective right. yeah so we started filming what is the the working title is the pt core we're not too sure what it will be at the end but that's the working title so we started filming that yesterday we'll be filming it for the next three weeks probably seven days worth of full filming right so to get in we got in at about nine o'clock started setting up getting everything there and saying that the first thing took two hours that finished article product thing that's without the scripting just the thing we were filming then five minutes worth of film probably something like that and that took two hours so like in terms of Gigi's going there and basically laying out the options to me, to Luke, and being like, right, this angle will have, we're looking at depth of shot. And it's like, here, it's a little bit more interesting. You're going to be standing here, but we've got more interesting stuff happening and it's further away and it's nice and clean. If we go here, it looks a bit dull because you're kind of on the same kind of plane. It's not much depth. I like the depth thing. Talk to us about depth, do you, Gigi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, technical aspects of depth. So right, right now, there is, first of all, a focal length. So the distance between where the light is coming from and hitting the sensor, I think that's right. And you have their varying focal lengths. Usually a camera like on your phone is about 24 mil 
give or take. Uh, the camera I'm shooting on now is 35 mil, so it's something reasonably similar to your eye. And then you can have up to like 50, 100, 200, 400, 600 mil, and they have varying focal ranges, which create things like blur in the background, and they also create depth in terms of compression. So the background might become closer to you. I don't know the scientific terms of why, but that's what happens. Uh, and then the second thing, the blurriness and that depth in there is based on something called aperture. So if you think of the iris of your eye opening and closing, this has got a really wide aperture. So it has a really wide amount of stuff that a light that can come in, which ultimately creates this nice softness in the background. And it looks very natural because it's actually a, a light doing it rather than some software that's in your phone. Mm. There you go. Wonderful. So and it just looks, yeah. it just looks more... The other, the other part of it, so you're talking about kind of subtleties in filmmaking that make you feel about certain ways. Yeah. You know, for example, uh, this camera right now pointing at me, I'm talking to you, is uh, angled slightly upwards. Now, that angle slightly upwards is if you look at the Sacre Coeur in Paris, you have to walk all the way up to God, right? All the way up to the church. Um, the same with any kind of mansions. You'll typically see steps up to the, to the door. All of these kind of things cause you to sort of think about authority or some sort of purpose up there or some sort of God or something like that. So essentially, what I'm doing right now is subconsciously making you feel like I am God. <laughs> okay. by having the camera point up no, you, don't, you don't have to make me feel that don't you worry Look, what we get it up happens. to after this podcast is, it happens uh, anyway um so that's the kind of thing that you essentially do so these subconscious aspects and one of those when we talk about this blurriness is in the background is also an isolation of a subject and when you isolate the subject they tend to become a bit more prominent within the scene and when they're more prominent, you're more likely to either listen to them or think that they are a key character within the discussion of what's going on. So if you ever watch a film and it's kind of quite close up, so it's like here and then it's really blurry in the background, that's probably something quite intense they're talking about or going over. Um, or they're creating some sort of dominant position within the conversation. So you might see two people talking to each other, but the camera angles will be two different camera angles. One will be downwards to make them look small and quite innocent, whereas the other one might be pointing upwards to make them look quite dominant. Um, so the, the positions at which you put your camera and things can be quite interesting. And anyway, I ranted on about something that's a bit. <laughs> no, exactly what we want. Exactly. Um, which is, I was kind of explaining how long it fucking takes. Because um, yeah, it's just like time. in terms of in terms of the setup, especially because so we were doing one video and then the rest of them had a similar setup. So we were just like, all right, it's, it's all going to be quite samey. And to be honest, the educational videos, you've said it yourself. You're like, it's it's not as creative for you. You have to think of ways to be a little bit more creative because you're like shit this is going to be boring if this is the thing if like the educational videos bless the people out there there's a lot of good educators and the best educators sometimes like who are actually the most knowledgeable person in the room blah 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 they don't, don't come across their they're not on instagram they're not on no. those things because they, they're not good at kind of keeping people engaged so i was looking uh i saved a few but i'm a boring fucker anyway and the ukca have their conferences and they're doing like player profiling and stuff like that i was mm -hmm. watching their instagram fuck me i want to go to sleep like they wow. cannot present it is so bad it's like from up here in a studio and it's like no wonder you got a bad thing just employ something to do it your membership's cost that's, enough that's been the interesting like, part of this process that i've found that i didn't you know you kind of i've kind of forgot that i was a personal trainer and a fitness person at sometimes <sighs> and you kind of think oh they're hiring me because i make pretty images and i do fancy videos but actually you know when i start talking to people and people that work within the fitness industry i think it's it's been such a, a key usp 
for a unique selling point for me that I understand when I look at something, I know exactly how it should be probably be filmed, where it should be filmed, what's important about it. I can ask the right questions, say the right things. Um, and that's made a world of a difference. Even from like filming exercise libraries with people, I'll be like, that's, that's, not, that's not quite right. Shall we, shall, we, shall we just adjust it just a little bit? <laughs> um, and that's been really super helpful. And then even creating angles that potentially help them understand like how the video, that, that sort of 1D image or 2D image they're essentially looking at work better for them. So that's been a really cool part of the process. Um, and then having suggestions as well, you know, when they talk about certain business ideas they might come up with, I'll be like, you don't, you don't need a fancy transition video to sell personal training or online coaching. What you need is testimonials. Oh, right. Yeah, cool. Right. I'll get some testimonials. And then, you know, you, you, that's kind of it. So that's been really good. I think that part of that is understanding the fitness bit. So that helps with the creative side of things from when I'm working with you in terms of these PTC videos. It means I can be a bit more flavorsome and I think make it a bit more interesting for me. Oh yeah, I think uh, I think I'd be I'd already left if we had a videographer who didn't know about fitness. Oh um, my god! Because <laughs> yeah, it's one of the bugbears. Obviously, I've done a fair bit with Third Space in terms of marketing and kind of all the videography there, and we we employ certain people. But then there's uh, I remember one lad we were doing a promotional video for some kind of circuit based stuff, and I was there just to kind of keep people going. I was like, I want this happening, make sure all it looks legit, so we can use it across our Instagram platform stuff like that. And then one lad wanted him on a GHR and do like a, a zoom and then have him holding an isometric like in on a GHR at about 45, kind of maybe 30 degrees in. And he was like, yeah, stay there, stay there. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. He's not staying there for that much long. I was like, he's going to be gassed. And he, if you want him to use him for the next two hours, he's done. <laughs> and so I was like, jump in there. And like having somebody who knows fitness the model's going, I can do that. And I'm like, no, you can't. No, <laughs> your hamstrings, <laughs> next time you run, they're gone. Like, yeah, there's no point. I was like, Jesus. But yeah, having somebody who knows a little bit more about the industry, which obviously you do, and you've had the last, like, ever since you switched over, um, doing more creative stuff, that kind of intensity, doing the personal training, and you're like, oh, that's that, that's that. And also you've done the videos for yourself and your own personal training. So you're like, when I did this, I might have made this mistake and I would do it like this better now. And you've done those mistakes. So in terms of people wanting, wanting to employ you, Gigi, um, you've already made the mistakes for Dan. them. Um, <laughs> Dan, Dan's employing <laughs> sign up. Um, yeah. So that's the thing. So if people are in that stage, if they're wanting to film courses and stuff like that, I'd I'd reach out to one of us, but probably more Gigi on the creative side and be like, all right, if you want content and whether it's right or wrong and fact checking, maybe I'll be good. If you want creative, made it actually sell, maybe Gigi might have to. If you want to get bored by Dan's life, give Dan a call. Be fine. <laughs> I, I think it's one of those things where, though, I think in in this day and age, as a PT online coach, you have to have you have to have an extra string to your bow. Not necessarily in terms right. of like like mm -hmm. Gigi has, where you can you can start charging for it. But if you think how much how much content is out there, there's there's so much content. You've got to stand out and be different. And like like Gordon said, like there's infographs of one, you know. There's, there's tens of millions of them out there and they all say the same thing but the way that you put information across on video is going to come across very very differently to how someone else will and all that sort of stuff and i think personally for the amount that i've learned from from like i said just youtube and stuff like it's enough to stand out it's not enough to to make money off it and like film other people and that sort of shit like no way but it's enough to stand out and to know when someone's scrolling instagram that they might just stop and watch my video a bit longer than they watch someone else's because it's not 
poorly lit it doesn't sound shit and all this sort of the information might be shit but it doesn't sound shit (laughs) but you know it's that thing of like it's in this day and age you just people scroll instagram all the time and on youtube there's so many videos out there again it's how do you stand out and people are are so concerned about being they don't want to they want to be the million views they want to have the millions of views they want to do all this sort of stuff and it's like no if you could get 200 that would be amazing because out there on youtube how many videos do you think have 10 views fucking millions of them yeah you don't need to be at a million you need to be at 200 300 400 that is fantastic that's and if you i always say this to people if you had that many people stood in front of you you would shit yourself if you had to stand on stage and say out loud they're watching your videos they're consuming your content and i think that people are shooting too far they're going oh i want a million subs and million views on youtube i remember when me and mike started that we were like i want to want a thousand subscribers would be incredible that'd be amazing and when you start seeing those views go up and you realize 400 500 people are watching it does i'm sure when you were the same when you had your your 210 days of vlogging you probably felt a bit like oh i wish this would get up to millions but then you look back and realize hang on a minute like this many people have tuned in this regularly to see me do this and then you realize actually like you said you got it was quite successful in the end because you've you've shown people into your life and you've shown them that you care enough to edit it properly to light it properly and do all that sort of stuff properly and i think that's the, the biggest thing for me is that it shows you you care rather than just throwing up random like i said infographs and pictures are easy anyone can do that it's easy to do really really easy we've seen all the followers on instagram bikini models seven hundred thousand view you know followers because they get their ass and tits out it's not hard like if you've got it <laughs> right but you, you to, to be different it's it people think that you have to have seven hundred thousand followers to be successful and the reality is if you do well on video and you start thinking about the creative side well if you had a thousand followers you would you can do amazingly well and consistent you're different and consistent with it if, yeah, you're, if you're turning up on a regular basis with the message that you're trying to promote or what you're talking about um and and even if it's not necessarily something that's message maybe you're just a documentarian maybe you're just talking about your journey in something or your life in something um often that's a, a not an unreasonable way to go about things to begin with um i wouldn't say it's the best strategy necessarily if you want to in terms of like growth like dan's talking about you want 100,000 followers then you know just vlogging is not the way to potentially get there but it is a way to create fantastic depth to get to the point where we're talking about online coaches earning like 50,000 pounds a year which weirdly sounds underpaid <laughs> in the way that people promote things and but I, it, yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like you'd be, you're, you're nowhere near successful the way people talk about it. But it is, that's, the, that's the reality is that we, we know, I think as well from the industry, that you, you can be an online coach earning that quite, quite comfortably within 12 yeah. months of, of putting some effort in and, and trying hard. And then like, you, you know, like we said, people just want that. Oh, yeah, but I want to get more than that. I want to do more. It's like, well, you're not even there yet. Why don't you just get there? For, like, <laughs> just don't like, think too far ahead. Um, I find it fascinating. I, I really do. And the more I've worked with people recently, the more you, you realize that uh, people, are, uh, they want that trick and that hack and all this sort of stuff. And I've tried explaining If you have 500 people who follow you, who really like what you do, like that's that's all you need. You don't need much more like, going on than that in the first sort of three to six months. It's, it's frightening. Do you, think, do you think knowing what... Uh, basic elements of editing and and cameras and you know the things that go along with that do you think that's helped you probably understand who is actually good in this industry in terms of the creative side a hundred percent i think as well i also think because i've also dabbled a bit in copywriting as well in that side of things which i actually believe has helped 
from the video side of things with the with the copy i actually feel that the two are interlinked because i feel that in both elements you're telling a story and you're trying to get someone to go from point a to point b and if to be able to do that in the written word and by video i think is i think there's a very much um there's a lot of crossover within that but it's not only that it's more people who i think care I think that's what you see, like you said there, where you, you can you can realize which coaches are probably better and, and maybe, I think, to me, care a bit more, is that they, they put their effort into that sort of side of things rather than themselves or their own training, their own six-pack, their own performance all the time. They're, they're more bothered about getting their message out the right way by doing things like copywriting and, and video. And uh, and the people who just focus on themselves, yeah, they've got all the 100,000 followers like we've talked about. They, they show the pictures of themselves all the time, but you go on there, how many clients they, have they changed? How many lives have they changed? How many testimonials are they getting? How many That's... people are they getting talking about them? And it's like, they're not. Whereas when you go down the video and copy route and you tell stories and you share your message, as we keep saying, it's, it's amazing how much deeper you can go with people. Um, and you don't need that, that broad, that broad range of, of such a, a wide number of people. I think it's, um, I think, it, I think it's fascinating. I think it really is. Like you look at someone like Matt does fitness, right? Prime example. Someone who started off with, I, I did not that many followers and you watch his videos. He does the same video every week, every single week. Me and Mike used to always watch it. <laughs> yeah. and we're like, why do people like watching this? He's just a guy and he eats food. <laughs> my Hoover chose my yeah. breakfast. Like crazy stuff. But, but he's consistent. Like we talked about, consistent with his message, his video production has got better. He probably has someone do it for him now at the level he's at. But he does the same thing over and over again. And he does it in the same personality. He's got, he's got his personality. He uses his personality. He just he says the same things over and over again. A similar sense of humor. He doesn't try and be something he's not. Um, whether you like it or not, it's up to you. Like I, Personally, I think, it's, I think it's boring, but it is what it is. He's got millions of subscribers. So obviously, people do like it. Um and it's, it's just that thing of like, people think they have to reinvent the wheel and they have to constantly be varying everything. And like, what's my next thing? He does the same video every week, every week. So, so that's how he grew. Cause he did a, I ate my kid's diet for a day. I ate my wife's diet for a day. I ate a bodybuilder's diet for a day. I ate the rocks diet for a day. People want to watch it. Um, and it wouldn't probably be as successful if he'd have tried all the little tricks, that's probably why he wasn't successful, successful at the start. Maybe he tried all the little tricks and all the little things. And the reality is it was about being consistent for him. Really? Um, I think I'm off on a tangent there, but yeah. It's... I, I think you're right though. I do. I do think you're right in, in that he, um, specifically Matt does fitness. He had a comedic element to it. Um, it was a highly searchable termed um, videos, so lots of eating challenges, and uh, I did this training program and whatever else, and it done a lot for him. He's shredded, like he's absolutely shredded. Yeah, he's incredible genetics. So that is a very powerful combination. And I think if we pick apart that that sort of little uh, combination that he has, ultimately the one thing that we can have that he doesn't have is your own personality and who you are. And you can still film yourself doing that. And you can still talk about the subjects you're ultimately talking about. You don't have to be shredded. You don't have to be ripped. I mean, just look at Mike, you know, he's, he's grown about half a kilo in the past 17 years. Um, so I had to mention him at some point. So it is, it's like, you know, Matt does fitness is ripped. He's got a good personality. He films it all and is very consistent, but you can take some of those things and certainly apply it to your own business. And you might not be making 450 grand a year, but you might make more than you're making now if you applied some of those. Yeah, and, and look, he's done it a certain way where his, his goal was probably to get to that point where his income's from YouTube, right? But if you're an online coach and your income's from your clients, you share your client stories, yeah. people want to be involved in that. People want to yeah. be, you know, they can see you can help people. I just think it's, people are so obsessed with the numbers. That's what I found. 
is they're so obsessed. And when we started out with, with our channel, we were always like, we don't want to get obsessed with with how many views certain things get. We don't no. want to be chasing that sort of stuff. Of course, you need to be interested in it to a certain degree and know what people are like and what they're watching. But it was just a case of we just wanted to be ourselves on camera. That was all we ever wanted to do. And all, all you, anyone should ever be trying to, to be is just yourself and show that. And if you are boring, be boring. It's fine. Gordon's done it. He did it for 210 days and he did all right out of it. So Did, did, you, you, know. did you find it easier um, having someone film you rather than like, what, what were the bits of obviously the creative process we're going to get into but what were the things that Dan ultimately you experienced that were positive from hiring someone to do it for you did it make you create content did it get it done faster or was it a bit more efficient like what 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 was the purpose of hiring someone to do it I think it's it makes it so much slicker and easier like yeah. we used to find with Harry that he would be filming when we didn't even know and that's the thing that was the, the beauty of some of the videos we created with him was that we were like when did you film that but he's like it's just always on mate don't worry about it you know um and one of the things that I didn't <laughs> like about <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, in, just in the bedroom just eating some sausage yeah, in case that's it yeah just in case um, I need some dirt on you at some point yeah <laughs> he'd always come it's like having someone come with ideas is always good like when they go oh do this do that like and, and if they know you like Harry's known us for ages so he kind of knows our personalities he knows what people like about us and all that sort of stuff which helps but for me the, the biggest bugbear and the, what, again the reason I think I'm gonna struggle to get back into it a little bit is I, th I find filming myself I find that element to it I find that I have to try and think more about maybe what I'm saying or how it's going to how are you going to tell a story whereas when someone else is filming you they film everything and they know how they're going to piece it together whereas when you try and film yourself it's like right where is this going to fit in how's this b-roll going to move from here to this to this scene to this scene and then you're not really in it you're not really then speaking properly because you're thinking yeah. about how you're going to lead it onto the next bit of the story and stuff whereas when you've got someone there with you they piece that together and they ask the leading questions and they do all that sort of stuff um so i think for I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see when we bring bring back our own YouTube stuff, how we're going to play it. But I think a lot of people would just like to see what we do in a day, which again is fine for me just holding the camera. That's okay. You can put it down as a tripod on a tripod and you can kind of talk. But I think going forward, it will then need to become a bit more of a, actually, if you had someone who's almost a bit of a narrator behind it, asking questions. And it, that's when we get quite a lot of good, um, like the, the videos that I did where I film Mike pretending to be like the amateur yeah, yeah. bodybuilder. They're, they're good because... Yeah. I'm almost asking the questions as if you're watching it going, why the fuck is he doing that? And I'm behind <laughs> it speaking and I'm the, then put, I'm then leading him on to where I want to lead yeah. him to. And that's the beauty of having someone behind the camera. Whereas when you do it yourself, you're having to think to yourself, oh, how am I going to think about that? And then he's chatting away and then I'm like there and I'm making sure I'm in shot. Am I in shot holding this here? Am I in, you know, all those little things you have to worry about. And then you've got to make sure as well, when you flip the screen out, you don't look at the screen, look at the lens, but then you kind of every so often look at the screen and I'm not in it and you shit. And, and, and things like that, like things like that, you know. That's it's, really it's interesting because the people that I'm filming at the moment um, for their membership sites or their YouTube videos, that, that's exactly how it's filmed really because you know, they, I'm thinking of stuff because I've worked in the fitness industry. I'm thinking of like what their audience is potentially wanting to hear and say. So I'll just ask them a question and then just point the camera at them and they just talk and they go through these mm. things like, oh, I saw you did that in a particular way. Why did you do that? Go. Yeah. And, and most people can do that. <laughs> like if they're, if they're pretty good at, at talking and talking about the subject that they're passionate about and understand, then ultimately it becomes pretty easy for them to do that. Um, and I, yeah, I can definitely see how that's helpful because it is very challenging to film yourself sometimes. Yeah. And that's why I think some of the best videos we've had have been the ones where Mike's been spoofing and I've been behind it because it's, it's been able, we've been able to do that. And I always think vlogs, your vlogs are always going to get less sort of 
views and watch time and stuff because they're just a bit more like you have to like the people whereas with those sorts of videos someone could share it to their mate you could not know the people and find the content quite humorous yeah. so there's always though it's much like content on instagram you have to think about well you're not going to get loads and loads of likes on transformation because it's just not something that people are going to share and it's not going to get a big reach and things like that and just on that as well i think the other thing about that i i really love with 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 it with filming is that i would always do like as many takes as possible i would always be there like we always usually do everything in kind of like one one take because it's just authentic but then if we were to do filming like with the spoof stuff i'd always get more than i needed yeah. and then be able to piece it together and i think people with youtube videos or even instagram and content to a degree they assume they have to get everything in one take like that there's no editing software ever in the world and i think sometimes when i've done my like igtv videos that are maybe like one and a half two minutes long they're eight minutes long like when i film it yeah. it's eight minutes of me going what was i going to say let me think about yeah i can say and then you go you go again and then the amount of times as well that i move the order around so i'll say it all and then there's something I said at the end will go at the start and then the bit in the middle will go at the end or whatever. People don't think like that. They just assume they have to get it all in one go. Oh, I didn't get that bit right. Oh, I could do it all over again. No, just just edit it in and out. Use a tripod. Just keep what, it still. That's what I do with Tom, isn't it, Tom? Or when I'm filming Luke, you'll, you'll be doing your teleprompter thing and then you'll be like, oh, I fucked up that one. We need to start again. I'm like, no, just go again. Go. Yeah, yeah. just do it. <laughs> it's hilarious, isn't it? Because I think like there, there was one, I think it was yesterday and I just, I went blown and I went, fuck and then just walked <laughs> and then what's out? he was like count to three and then i literally counted to three and he was like in in your head yeah. <laughs> we, we uh, did it as well for our uh, we did it for our website videos we got a bunch of videos done for our website and um we've got like the main intro video which is like a bit about like what do we stand for who we are and stuff like that and um and it finished the bit of it the video finished and there was 30 seconds left and i was like what the hell why is it left this bit in and then it's just all the outtakes of us fucking up because again that's us as people that's who we are like it's funny yeah, yeah. it's like people like that side of it and he was like this shows off your brand perfectly this shows you because it's just you don't you know it's, it's it's serious but also you have fun and you you know you fuck up it's like it's life <laughs> and i think it's 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 understanding that with video as well is getting your brand across and what you stand for it can be very very easy because you know, if we fuck up, we're going to swear. We're going to, oh, fuck's sake, or whatever. You can put that in. You can put that in as an outtake. Whereas some people, like some of their outtakes, they just go, oh, bugger, or something like that. And to them, that yeah. would be funny. And to that, their <laughs> audience, that would be funny. It's just getting your personality out there a little bit. And I think it's, it, you, can, you can kind of make a very good polished video, but include elements of it that are quirky and the outtakes and that side of thing, because it's human. People don't want this perfection kind of in, in, in modern world. It's like seen as a, as a thing we're trying to attain that we can't, can't get. So to see people who appear to be good at what they do also fuck up a little bit and things like that, I think, I think it adds that element of, you know, you can tell they're real people and um, that side of it as well, which I think people are scared to do. People are scared to show their fuck ups online. I and think it's, like, I think it's just a good thing to do as well because it's, it's going to be a learning tool as well. You're going to start getting good at video and then if you fuck up, it's going to get recorded anyway. So you, the chances are now you're forcing yourself to having to go and edit then you're going to rewatch it. You're going to rewatch what you've done. Then you're going to be like, oh, maybe I did this, this, this. You go back to it and then it becomes a bit of a learning tool as you go. So the fuck ups are like gold. And we know that. We like, always like, oh, you learn from your like mistakes. It's, exactly. it's like fail army and all that sort of stuff you know like fail army videos i wouldn't whatever i would never watch someone skate across a lake if they just went across it <laughs> if <Yeah>. they <laughs> say what if if they fell in halfway through i'd watch it <laughs> like it's that whole thing of like it's it's people need to remember that it's it, it adds that element of humor to people's days and i just think That's people are so video. worried let's, about let's being just get perfect. a fail army video and do everything they do just do it perfectly 
and then just yeah, but just there's like, walking across. But we're, <laughs> well, we're talking about skating on ice, and this is quite a good segue. I suppose I'm starting to ask you questions now. But there's a segue <laughs> uh, skating on ice in a sense where there is a there is is there a balance, and have you ever felt like you've gone over that, or have you ever felt like it wasn't enough, in the sense of was I too stupid and just dumb? And just coming across like a lad, like James Smith, for example, does come across like that on camera. And I've had clients that come to me and work with me because they feel like he's like that. So is there a point, is there a point, either of you, do you think there's a point at which you're just a lad being a prick or are you human? I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Cause I think he's, he's very, he's genuinely being himself and he, he wouldn't so want to work just, with. He's just a brick. <laughs> we <laughs> no, we like, had him on the show, didn't we? It was, it was quite. We've funny. had him on the show, like yeah. It, he, I, uh, I he think I just think you're in the show to answer the door, and uh, <laughs> I think he, it's he kept, just one of those things the where, on, at least, yeah. <laughs> I think it's one of those things where if if you stand by your values and what you believe to be true, I think I think I think it's fine, and I genuinely think he does, from what I can tell. Mm. Um, but the, I've started following a few people recently. Um, that I, I've seen some of their stuff and I'm a bit like, it's just a bit harsh. Like, why would you, why are you being like that? They might have asking you a legit question or whatever. And that's just the way they are. And I think you have to remember that, that they, they design, I suppose they design their life or their social media that way where they don't want to deal with those sorts of people who may be offended by that sort of thing. And, and I, and I kind of get that. There does come a point where I suppose, are you just being argumentative for the sake of being argumentative? Um, you might just be an argumentative person, that kind of thing. But um, I've found I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's a good question. I, I don't think. I'm trying to think of other good examples of people who've gone too far. Maybe there's, there's drama channels, right, on YouTube, and these drama channels often get just kind of they get views, but they are you wouldn't necessarily buy coaching packages from them. Like there's some fitness, like Greg Doucette, for example. You know, yep. is he popular as a coach? I don't know, but maybe he is. But that ultimately he is a bit of a drama channel where he just kind of goes, oh yeah, you know, yeah. Brandon Harding said this about me, and you're like, fucking shut up. Um, so it's that. But, but kind is of it thing. gonna? But is it only gonna draw? Is it only gonna attract people who are interested? Like, I wouldn't watch that. You wouldn't watch that. So yeah. It, to to us, it to us, it's like yeah, you've gone too far, and you're sca- You know, you're getting off in ice. You're just being an idiot. But other people would look at us and be like, oh yeah, but you're just too boring. And that's fine. Like it's, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have watched a channel like that because uh, I, I, I agree. It's like, who gives a fuck? He's a bodybuilder and you're a bodybuilder and you've had an argument about fucking what? Who gives a shit about life <laughs> going on around you? And I think there, there's, there's that element to it where we'll never know looking through the, the world through someone else's eyes, I suppose, from, from that point of view. There, there, are, there are some channels that I just think like, what, what's the point? Like what are you doing? But then other people love them. So it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, and it's someone it's like that, he's probably looking to make money out of YouTube ads, right? Rather than coaching. It's probably what he's more bothered about. It's probably the easier, easier way of making income for him. Yeah. Um, I don't believe so, he's like that in real life, though. The way he acts on camera, like if he was, he'd be fucking annoying to be around, wouldn't he? <laughs> like, I think there's very that, much but... so. Um, if we were gonna, so... if we were to bring this back round uh, towards like PT and basically trainers that are tr- maybe I, I think I think there'll be a, not an influx, but there'll be certainly some people who listen to this who'll be like, actually, I fancy doing what Gordon's doing. Like I've reached a kind of a point with my personal training stuff that I want to, I'm comfortable. I'm on that 40, 50 K I've done pretty well. Um, I want to add in doing a little bit more video trying to, or making the jump essentially. Gigi's just put that. He's not only just uh, online coaching, he does do in person, right? So he's got that element to his business as well. 
Uh, it's not like Dan, who just kicked it in as soon as he left London. He's just like, oh, I so, can't mate, do this anymore. Too, too good for it. He's <laughs> like, yeah, Jesus. Um, but is there anything? So, if let's people love top tips and threes or whatever. So, if there were going to be top tips, three to five GG, what would you say to get going in that creative style of your business? So, in terms of they're doing a little bit of PT, they want to do more on video, they want to get a little bit better, basically. Um, the simple answer is just turn the camera on and start filming stuff, I think. Uh, and it sounds so so basic and rudimental, rudimental, but it is. that. That's kind of the thing is, you know, I, if, if you're going to make, you're going to have a date night with your wife and you want to do a really good cake or a steak or something for dinner, you'd, you'd either practice it or you'd try it or you'd do it repeatedly to be able to get better at it. The same as if you were going to the gym, like the first time you went to the gym and lifted a dumbbell. The first time you went on a treadmill. Do you remember that? <laughs> you know, it's like you're Bambi, on, you're Bambi on ice. You don't have a clue what's going on. But then after a long time and you get practice, you get much better at it. So it's the same thing with wanting to get into, say, like the creative aspect of videos, earning, understanding Photoshop, understanding um, Lightroom, the Adobe Suite, After Effects. And then as you do, the more you do, the more creative you become about it, what you're doing. Um, but let's say that you are that person and you're like, right, I want to really get into this. I'm going to start doing something. Start making your own stuff. Start documenting your own life. Create loads of videos around your life. Film your family, film your kids, film your, film whatever, your dog, like film everything. And then basically just another thing that, that is, is use obviously tutorials, go on YouTube, go on Skillshare, go on all these sort of things and learn about how to edit and use these editing softwares. That's all out there. You can just Google it or YouTube it. But when you watch YouTube, like I'm a big consumer of YouTube. I watch YouTube all the time. It's really something I thir- I love watching the processes of what people are doing. And I, I like naming names, but I don't know why I name names. I just should name names. But Jamie Alderton has this thing where he talks about stop being a consumer. And I totally disagree with that as a personal trainer. You should be a creative consumer. You should be looking at what people are making. Look at people on YouTube that you're following. They're really popular, right? Why are they really popular? Like, what- I think the problem with that is that he is that a lot of people consume fitness. They're, fit, they're in fitness and they consume social media and they consume more fitness stuff. And I don't think many people consume actually self-education stuff and that no. side of and the other passions and stuff like that. Because I, I agree. I think it's, I just, I just find that, that advice baffling. Like it's, yeah. you know, I, I've consumed copywriting. I've consumed it and I've gone away and practiced it. I've read books on it. I've consumed it more and more and more. Like it's just like, like doing that. So when, when you're sat there and you're watching Matt Does Fitness or you're watching Peter McKinnon or you're watching Casey Neistat or any popular YouTuber that you're watching, like watch the things that they're doing. How are they filming it? Why are they filming it? Why have they chose that shot? How are they talking about it? What Maybe what equipment they're potentially using. You know, emulate that, copy it for Christ's sake. That's what I did. I looked at Casey Neistat and thought, I want to do that. I want to do that for a bodybuilding competition and I'm going to do it. So I bought exactly the camera that you had, the exact tripod, everything, and just started doing it and learning from there. And and now I sit here surrounded by all sorts of, <laughs> all sorts of stuff. But yeah, become a creative consumer. So I think, yeah, A, First of all, just start doing something. Start filming something, documenting your life, filming absolutely everything and making loads of videos and just getting better at doing it ultimately. But then also if you're going to watch YouTube and you're going to be interested in that sort of subject or want to get into it, then immerse yourself in it. And when you watch people who are your favorite creators, think about what they're doing and why they're doing it and how they're doing it and then try and copy it, like flat out copy it. 
and then see then learn that process and i think it's a it's a really valuable experience because then you're going to take all of their ideas all the little tricks all the things that they do and then they're going to amalgamate into something that we would call style there you go it's like i got um i got an espresso machine about a week ago very, Did you, Dan? I've wanted Did it you? for ages. Yeah, post on Instagram. Don't worry about it. Um, I went. So the first place I went, first place I went was I went on YouTube. James Hoffman, he's a coffee guy, oh. right? Went in there and I'm like, right, how do I, how do I get the best, how do I get the best cup of coffee out of this coffee machine? Right, went on it. Tutorials, four parts to it. Right, went on the first one. Basically, the nuts and bolts of it was he said, basically, I can't tell you because whatever beans you got, whatever machine you've got, he's like, it's just trial and error. And I was like. Brilliant. I know that. I'm not going to sit there and go, yeah, but I want to know, know the exact grind size, the exact extraction time. I'm like, no, nah, don't worry about it. I'll go and play around with it. So literally was like, right, this is how I'm going to learn is by, by doing it. And he literally on the video was like, yeah, you're only going to know once you start tasting the coffee, how it looks coming out of there. Is it too watery? Is it too much like treacle and all this sort of stuff? Right. And I'm like, it's a prime example of Mount of PTs who would have gone and go, no, nah, I need to find the exact setting. He's finding exact setting. I need to go on it. And they'd like, just get in there and do it. And week in now, I'm like, actually, I've kind of cracked it for the machine and the beans I've got. I'm all right for now until I get another set of beans. And I'm like, shit, I've got to restart. This is, this is, that. it, that's interesting. <laughs> when, when you take, when you look at this, so I, I look at the, the the creative videography fitness field and, you know, I kind of follow, I have, by the way, if you want to follow me, I'm Greenhorn Creative. That's a good thing on Instagram. So I follow a number of them that are out there on sort of social media that do kind of this fitness thing that I'm embarking on potentially. Um, and it really surprises me how many of them have barely any videos of themselves being filmed. You know, none of them, like if you're a hairdresser or you wanted to be a barber, why wouldn't you just go into a barber shop and be like, can you teach me how to be a barber? Or like start cutting your friend's hair or maybe even start cutting your own hair a little bit. Or if you're a tattoo artist, you'd start tattooing on yourself a little bit, wouldn't you? Like those are the kind of things you try and try. And with videography and photography, you'd take pictures of yourself or you'd film yourself and make videos out of yourself and do all those kind of things. Because I see a lot of technical issues with the, some of them because they haven't made enough videos to really understand some of the intricacies of what they're doing and why they're potentially doing it wrong. Um, I don't know where I went with that, but essentially, yeah. Like, I think, but like I said, it's just that whole thing of like people just, as soon as I heard that, I just, I just realized it was just going to be trial and error. And I was just like, what's the point of wasting more time watching videos? I'll just go practice for a bit. Once I come up to a problem, that I don't know how to solve or I'll, then I'll go back on. And I think that's the whole problem with it is people want to, like you said, know the, the perfect stuff without just trying it and just practicing. And it's the same with anything. Um, you know, these people that tell their clients all the time, like, oh yeah, you just got to, you know, keep trying. It's fine. Just get a little bit better each day. <laughs> like the same thing. Um, you know, and it's, it's, that's the thing I think people just need to get their head around with video. It's, yeah, it seems scary it and it's, it seems scary. Of course it does, but it's just trying. Just try it's do it. And yeah, just immerse yourself in it. I think it just, and COVID was a perfect time. Just do it now. It's fine. I think as well, but... people are so scared of, people <laughs> are so scared of getting like a negative comment as well like they're so Correct, scared of yeah. like the old you know the old gordon green old troll coming out and being like <laughs> doing it but the reality is like if people don't like it they'll just unfollow you. they won't tell you they'll just unfollow you or whatever and that's fine the whole, like, uh, they... like gordon ramsay like the whole kitchen nightmares it's like people just vote with their feet they just don't come back like yeah i just i just think it's like few people who who actually voice it and actually say you're a prick i don't like you it's very I just few don't, I... between like you, like you don't like you guys know Mike, right? The amount of negative comments we've ever had has been minimal, like genuinely minimal. Some of the videos we put out, we've been like, ooh, 
you might get the odd thumbs down on a YouTube video, but you never get anyone really comment or like be horrible. It's just like I just find it odd that people are so scared to put themselves out there. I did um, I actually have to go on them now. So. I did have a negative comment recently on one of my uh, YouTube videos. So, my, so three of my recent YouTube videos have been over ten thousand views, and one of them is well over forty thousand. And I did have one guy comment on it going. Um, something about something this guy only this guy says this is a shake diet but he had two shakes and a meal that doesn't make it a shake diet and you know he was kind of going on about it but this is just me talking about how fun it was my comments people would go and see it but essentially i said well milk is 80 percent water but it's still call it milk so, so. <laughs> so i love it when you do something like that and then they go oh shit they can't really come back but the negative comment <laughs> I, again i think it's not like people are too there's that that uh, billboard that sits up there people are more interested in themselves like you don't like everyone why are you trying to make everyone like you, yeah, like you so yeah. it's it's just yeah. more of a case of you, you have to pick you, ha- you you just have to pick up the camera you have to film it you have to learn the process of making all these things to try and get into it into it in any sense of the word um and i think video would benefit any fitness person's business beyond measure almost like you almost can't directly say that video made this person sign up but the series of videos that you created the way you've made them feel the way you've made them laugh the way they've made them enjoy the content and information that they ultimately struggle with i think that's that there's no better way to do it like writing is fine but filming yourself and talking about it it has to be one of the best if not the best way to do things yeah and speaking of the best way to do things i think we have to move on to the best way to make a protein bar <laughs> uh. oh i got my it's where we've been ex- we've been we've been waiting i've been waiting this for an hour i've been salivating and you haven't <laughs> we like, did we we've been normally doing it at the start but we kind of just went so i was like yeah. gg have you ever had yeah. a protein pantry protein bar negative negative uh. Right, so yeah, I mean, this, for Dan, this only has 19.4, no, 18.6 grams of protein. That's not going to hit my threshold. I know some of them don't have oh. that much protein in. How are we going to enjoy this? This is going to be difficult. <laughs> so, what we've decided to do today is we have three, three ones that we haven't tried. Um, I think Dan has tried them enough because he's just a scoundrel and buys his own bars. Oh, he's also one of those people that eats with the packaging on. Yeah, what weirdo. I mean, uh, yeah, it's just going to melt. It's just going to melt. Crumbs everywhere. So what new house in it? New house, don't get messy. So. We've uh, we've divided three. <laughs> We're each in a look at my <laughs> new house. <laughs> um, still can't put the uh, the what are the, are the chair the chairs the stairs on the right side of the bed now. Oh yeah, they are. Don't worry about that. Good man. Sorted. Fixed it. Yeah. <laughs> Good. All right. Well, GG's gone straight in. Jesus Christ. All right. I, we're going to go I each. Uh, all right. I thought you were licking your lips. I thought you'd already gone. Um, so we'll go around the horn, um, around the green horn. We'll uh, put that through in. Oh, so Gordon, do you want to go first? Explain what you've got. And then uh, we can talk about macros and etc. I have a birthday cake protein bar, white, cho- <laughs> white chocolate protein bar with layers of baked cake, fruit spread and pink frosting. Um Ingredients are whey protein concentrate. Jesus Christ! Do I eat it now? You could just yeah. just tell me what protein, fat, and carbs are in it. And fiber, oh, right. Because Luke Luke moaned about that. Uh, two hundred and eighty-two calories. Nice. 14.6, 14.6 grams of fat. Nineteen point four grams of carbs. 
9.1 grams of fiber, 18.6 grams of protein. Nice. Eat away, my friend. I mean, you can give us a verdict. I mean, yeah, whatever. Um, Dan, do you want to say what you've got? I'm guessing. I've got Bonoffi. <laughs> Bonoffi is white chocolate, protein bar with biscuit, caramel, and banana-flavored filling. Nice. And then I have a chocolate brookie, I believe. Um, so protein bar is we've got milk chocolate protein bar with baked brownie and chocolate cookie pieces so we've got 275 calories 9.4 grams of fat 17.3 grams of carbs 21 grams of fiber and 19.7 grams of proteins so it's an interesting part of the show where we're all going to be eating at the same time and it's classic for an audio podcast this is quite thick (laughs) <laughs> they are they are all quite thick as bars go. If they lengthen them out, it would be normal kind of bar length, right? I think if they just spread it. Um, you, said, you said that before, haven't you? Always. Um, only Dan. Post show. Jeez. So I'm going to take a bite of this. What were we thinking? The banoffee is. GD or it's that juice. like fake banana protein taste, which isn't the worst. Very sweet, though, the banoffee one. Good, though. Still good. It's better than the grenade banana one. Put it that way. They're overrated now. They're they're like the um, mm. the quest bars of the protein world now, aren't they? They are now. Yeah. What's the birthday cake one like then? GG. Decent. It sounds crunchy that bit. That biscuity bit. No. Someone just crunched something. <laughs> um, so I went through the brownie. Brownie is very cakey, kind of cakey gooey. Yeah. Cakey gooey. It's it's, kind of I don't like that cakey gooeyness. The best one was the Caramazin because it was crunchy. But I quite like brownies. Um, but I would like... The brownie would just go up in a little bit of estimation if it did, if it was like a nut brownie kind of thing because you like you bite into a brownie, it's got a nut in it. You're like, ooh, that's a bit of a change. The change of texture Me, the, we found out is key. The hazelnut one is definitely the best, I think. The hazelnut cream. I did have... I had a um, Caramazin crunch yesterday. I did enjoy that again. Um, yeah, they are very good. They are good, and um, but the brownie, I'd, I'd rate that. That's good. It's it's quite similar to, I guess, that chocolate one we had previously. I mean, this this is not two hundred and eighty-two calories. Well, this is the thing you see. I think <laughs> the same. I'm like, it's ridiculous how good it is. Like for the calories that are in it. But it's but, not. It's not two hundred eighty-two calories. Well, so you're they going. They can't lie. They can't lie. They can't lie about it. They can't lie, mate. Not allowed. Yeah, but they put horse in burgers and Tesco's at once. <laughs> True. As long as the protein's in there, mate, I wouldn't care. As long as it's protein, I don't care. That's what makes it healthy. That's exactly <laughs> it. That's all you have exactly to Exactly it. I, I love that GD's gone through the whole thing on the show as well. <laughs> it's just plowed straight through the whole bar. Oh, well, we're not supposed to do that. Uh, you do <laughs> like. We, we, didn't explain. we normally have a little bite and then uh, crack on. But yeah, um, out of 10 what you're rating that. So you've got to consider what normal, what's your favorite kind of normal protein bar, GG? Um, mm, like bat, Battle Bites, uh, oh, Beer Bells. Um, my favorite ones of all time are Cliff Builder Bars. Okay, yeah. Right, they're they the are best. Good. They are very But good. they are 300 calories, so they should be good. Yeah. Mm. So, 
I'd say like this is on par with the Builder Bar, in my opinion. I, I think yeah, yeah very since, good. Yeah. Since going to Protein Pantry, and we like, I'm gonna try the birthday cake one. I think tomorrow. Excellent. And then just like, I'm very, I'm different... very skeptical of it. This being two hundred. <laughs> they're in like a league of their own in terms of taste. Because I, I have, tra- I tracked calories to within an inch of my life for probably <laughs> half of it, and I can taste calories. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the thing, isn't it? you can't actually taste the calories that, that they're claiming not to be in there mm, um, yeah. <laughs> when you eat a beer bell you know it's about 200 calories you know it doesn't yeah, quite yeah. have that kind of viscosity within the mouth that makes it taste yeah. kind of you know decadent but this tastes decadent <laughs> that's the thing we always say like you quite have that's that's your like coffee and snack isn't it it's like very good it's, it's, ex- it's excellent it's, it's one of the best protein bars i've ever eaten yeah i can, I can safely safely say that um so we'll bring in a few more we'll get luke bought some as well i've got to refrain him from eating them all by the time maybe he's never week. he's never going to get under 100 kilos <laughs> <laughs> i'd put i'd put a small bet on that uh, I mean, here we maybe we'll do a show with Luke. We'll allow him on once uh, he reaches under 100 kilos. I mean, that's not really a motivation, though, is it? <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, yeah, <laughs> like, that's great. That's a reason. That's a reason for him not to diet. Yeah, he'd be like, yeah. <laughs> oh. Perfect. Have we got any other business, Daniel? As we start to bring this little no, it's not for me. Just thanks to thanks to Gordon for coming on. Obviously, you know, I know he's a busy man. He's got lots of videos to edit and you know all that sort of stuff. But he's he's here. You know? I mean, he's, he's going to have a hell of a lot more after another three weeks. So, can only... yeah, yeah. Just wait, just wait, just wait until I got on his case as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, even more <laughs> yeah, I know. Hey, you know, you know, that's there's part of this. Uh, you know, we talk about like being honest and just being yourself and not worrying about the numbers and that kind of thing. And and it's the same. It's the same with this video stuff. Where I still have to kind of pinch myself. Where I think people want to pay me to make videos for them. Not that I'm not good enough, and not that I'm. I know I'm not. I know I'm. I'm very good at what I do, and I understand it all. But it's still that really honest idea of like that's amazing. It's amazing that people want to pay me money to to help them make videos. And I think well, I think I think that attitude as well. I think if you have that forever, you'll always yeah. be fine. I genuinely believe that is that it's I st- I still I'm the same with everything I do. I'm still like I cannot believe this. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, and I think if you've got that attitude, I think you'll always always be fine. It's because you care. I think I think it's because yeah. you care. I think that's the reality of it. And it's the it's the um the the bit of the industry where. I think there's a lot of people that are really good personal trainers, like really good personal trainers. Um, I've named names again, but I'm going to use like Greg, Greg Slater as an example of this. He is, a, I think, one of the best personal trainers in the UK on, on all fronts. Like he's a good looking boy, works out, got a good physique, smart, intelligent, knows the industry very well. Um, but I'm not sure he promotes himself as well as, well as he could. You know, he could be making really good videos, really good courses, and they could be selling everywhere. And I'd love, I'd love the fact that I have this, this skill or whatever this is to be able to help those types of people or maybe help those types of people be able to expand their marketing better and talk to their audience in a better way because personal trainers want to be personal trainers. They don't want to be accountants, videographers, marketers, photographers, you know, and every other job that comes along with it. So, yeah, I think that's that's a really fun part of it. Apart from Dan, Dan uses the uh, the accountant uh, kind of scenario for every other job that he's ever thought of. If there's a job that Dan would want, it was accountancy, definitely. Yeah, but something boring with spreadsheets and, you know, accounting <laughs> numbers, easy, mate. Saving money, I think, is, he missed that one out. Yeah. 
that's probably what it is. <laughs> it's true. Because how long did you deliberate over that uh, coffee machine? Oh, mate, it, no, I knew. I was a Christmas present to myself, that was. I knew as soon as we moved, I said I was going to get it. It's I was February. like, because <laughs> yeah, we went through, yeah, but we went through, isn't it February? so we went through our house, we went through our house sale in the process. We like had our offer accepted like September and it took fucking ages. So it got to Christmas and I was like, I really want one of those. And I was like, well, just get one when we move because I get it all set up nice and that sort of stuff. Um, and then, and then I got it. Don't worry. As soon as I was, I was, I hit that button straight away. As soon as we don't worry about that. <laughs> other, other stuff that is a bit different. Do you know what I mean? I've got a car that's nearly broken down about twelve times. Still driving that. That's sensible. Fine. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> They're boring as well. It's just like, all right, not really. It's just getting A to B. All right. Um, so we wrap this interview to a close. GG, where can everybody find you? I think you just kind of mentioned it anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah, Greenhorn Creative. If that's the uh, the bit that we talked about, yeah, Greenhorn yeah. Creative. Um, if you are interested in working with me in terms of video and photo content, or just upscaling what you put out there, then hit me a DM. I think, yeah, I think it's an interesting. Obviously, the main demographic of our audience who listen to us are personal trainers already, and I think it's a, just a great way of just shooting a DM or shoot us a DM, and we'll point them, like point you in the right direction. And just to get the ball rolling and that kind of stuff, if you just want advice, because he's genuinely a nice guy behind the troll. Um, and he might just help you or just give you a little nugget um, yeah, of information. Just don't send me a message, way. what camera? What camera? Yeah. Should I <laughs> yeah. No, everyone, everyone now send everyone, me a message, everyone, what now. camera? Everyone. <laughs> everyone. So, yeah. Should I buy this one from Asda? <laughs> it comes with a free broccoli. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Thanks, Gigi, for coming on. And uh, we'll catch everybody next week. <laughs>